0: hello and welcome back to the speak up sports podcast i'm anna Libley. you might be wondering why this week's episode went out a little later my week has been very unexpected after the shooting that occurred on unc's campus where i'm going to school so i'd really appreciate if you please pray for everyone affected by this tragic day On a more positive note, I'm glad I'm still able to put up an episode this week. Today on the podcast, I am joined with a UNC women's tennis national champion, Carson Tangulic. Since Carson won the doubles national title as well with her teammate, Fiona Crawley, they earned a bid into the U.S. Open and have their first round matchup today. We'll be talking about how she found her love for tennis, winning the outdoor national title with UNC, and so much more please don't forget to subscribe and share this episode. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Carson Tengulidge. Well, welcome back to the Speak Up Sports podcast. I'm Anna Lively, and this week on the podcast, I am joined with a collegiate women's national champion in tennis, Carson Tangulig. Carson, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. It's good to see you. It's good to see you too. Exciting. We're both going to be at UNC this fall, but I'm excited to hear about your story today. So growing up in Georgia, how and when did you find your love for tennis?
1: Yeah, so I guess I'm from Atlanta, and there's it's a huge, huge tennis city, but uh, neither of my parents really played super competitively growing up, but we ended up moving to a house when I was born um, in a cul-de-sac, and then around four, I want to say, my coach, who is still my coach today, he told my parents, you know, if the kids ever want to get out of the house, um, you want to burn some energy, just tell them to come and play some tennis and I can give him some lessons and so I would always go and I wouldn't participate for a little bit until I was a little bit older but I would go watch and then eventually I started and I just kind of never stopped I was the only one of the my other two siblings that kept going and that's just kind of how this roller
0: coaster started <laughs> that's a fun story and I love that you talk about still having that coach to this day and so you've obviously had a long tennis career in between that time but During your college recruiting process what made you choose UNC? I think you could probably or will probably
1: be able to attest to this after uh, your freshman year but I just think it's such a family whether you're playing a sport or not the Carolina family is so big the connections you make at school are unbelievable and that was really evident on my visit. I committed here the day after I visited and it was just super cool to see all how all the girls got along so well, how fun the coaches were, um, and now amazing our facilities are. They weren't like that when I visited, but um, we're just super blessed to have that, but I think overall it was just kind of the family aspect, and it was also super cool because my mom attended here as a regular student, uh, so it was a combination of things, but I think overall it's kind of the big Carolina family that everyone talks about, and you kind of feel, I feel like no matter what sport you're a part of, or even if you're just a student, uh, I think it's just a huge, a big,
0: huge um, family, I guess,
1: for the third time. But
0: no, I love that. That's awesome that you're sort of like following in your mom's footsteps, like by going to the same school for academics, but also finding your home family and friends throughout the tennis community as well. So Going into your freshman year, you competed and you were uh, ITA All American in your singles, but you also helped your team win the indoor championship. And what was this experience like for you, having it be only your first collegiate season?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it was a lot different than a lot of my other older teammates. You know, they've been through it a lot, and at that point, I think we had two under our belt already. So in a row the last two years before I was there so it was definitely a different experience for me very new but I think I just kind of went in there um, guns blazing if you will like I have nothing to lose Uh, it's my freshman year so just kind of have fun with it didn't try not to put too much pressure on myself and overall it was a super fun experience you know I wasn't really expecting to play as much as I did my freshman year but it ended up being super good for me and was a lot a lot of fun and uh, indoors is definitely a tournament that I think our team has a ton of fun at regardless of the result, but it was definitely a fun one. And I was glad I got to experience that very shortly into my collegiate dual season in February. So.
0: Yeah, that's awesome that you were able to jump right in, having that being your first season, but also having other teammates who had been through that process before. So you could be able to lean on them as well. But speaking of this year, you this past season, you were also an all American again, but you helped, UNC make history for the Outdoor Women's National Championship so can you talk about what this year was like for you and then the day that you all captured the team title? Yeah
1: this year was different than my freshman year and I obviously didn't have too much to compare it to but I think it was a lot different for a lot of us you know we changed up a few different ways of going about things in terms of lifting and conditioning and just the way we thought about the season and our mindset going into the whole thing. So I think that was a big change and was one of the big reasons for our success. And I mean, this, this past season was so surreal. We had so much talent all the way down the line. It was incredible to see everyone compete, be so loud uh, and stay super connected. And I think our team chemistry off the court is one of the best in the country and I think that's probably one of the reasons it was such a fun season on and off the court it's not like we just come to practice and we're all friends at practice and then we don't see each other till the next day most of us are living together so um, it's just super fun usually and I think um, it was definitely one of the more surreal seasons and experiences I've had um, when you're including indoors and NCAAs and just everything in between so
0: no, that's great. I think it's important that you brought up the adjustments that you guys made, like off just the playing tennis in it of itself, but other things out outside as well that attributed to the success of the tennis. But take me to that day that you guys captured it, what type of celebrations happened afterwards and so forth.
1: Yeah. So, um, I mean, up to that day, I think we were all pretty nervous and uh, we had loss in the round before last year so. And a lot of us, I don't think we had been in a final in a really long time. None of us on our team, I don't think, had been in a final in NCAAs before. So it was definitely a new challenge. But I think we had meetings throughout the entire week and leading up. And even the day of the match, we had a team meeting just talking about what our mindset should be going into it. And I think that helped a ton. And then afterwards, I mean, the celebrations, uh, they lasted a while we had a big fan base there in Orlando, which was so, so awesome. And they helped us through so much. And so after all the pictures and the media and all that fun stuff, we we were all staying at the same hotel. And so are a lot of like our family and friends. And so right around that area on Lake Nona, we all just kind of hung out at a restaurant and, you know, just basked in the glory. And I think I mean, I remember I was texting Greece at 3 a.m. And I was like, I can't sleep. And we have individuals in two days, but I was like, I can't sleep. The adrenaline is so high. Like, I don't know what to do. But we were just kind of riding a high for a while. And the celebrations were definitely a lot of fun.
0: That's awesome to hear and exciting to see what all went down. But you guys got to celebrate so much, which is awesome. And then have the support of friends and family as well around you guys during that monumental win. But In addition, you also won the doubles championship with the Fiona Crawley, who is a national player of the year. So congratulations to the two of you. But can you talk about what it's like getting to play alongside Fiona and then winning a natty playing against some of your other teammates, actually? Yeah,
1: so I mean, it's it's a lot of fun playing next to Fiona. She's got quite the personality and I think our personalities match up super well um I'm a bit more of on the calmer side on the court and she brings energy for sure and brings a big game behind her so um when I'm at the net I know I can trust her and when she's at the baseline and hopefully vice versa but um yeah it's been super fun playing with Fiona and then I mean kind of th- all throughout the doubles tournament we were just trying to have fun and we hadn't, we didn't play together in the team tournament. So kind of coming back together was fun after a couple of weeks and then leading into the final, you know, I mean, Scotty and Reese, they saw us finish up our semifinal match uh, right after they finished up theirs. And it was kind of more of a, it was fun. I feel like until we all kind of got onto the court and it was just a little bit, you know, it's always awkward playing your teammates, playing people, you know, and especially when the coaches are just sitting on the sideline, we're coaching ourselves and it was definitely an interesting experience but um I think either way both of us we would have been happy for each other either way and uh it was definitely different but it's a good problem to have and you know um sucks beating your teammates and at the but at the end of the day I guess that happens when uh <laughs> the two of us were super successful this year so
0: yeah it's hard to be having two of the teams at the end that means just sh- that's just a testament to showing how successful you guys are. So that's, you know, not many people can do that. So it's cool to hear your perspective of playing alongside Fiona. And speaking of winning the doubles, coming alongside that was the wildcard bid to the U.S. Open in September. So can you share what it means to you to be able to compete in this major, one of the Grand Slams, and what your prep for it has been looking like? Yeah,
1: I think uh, it's finally settling in. You know Fiona and our parents are already making, we're making our plans. And it's kind of getting real for us when we're talking to people who have played and saying what their experiences were. Um, And I think it's just, uh, we're super excited. I think we're just going to take it as it goes. And in terms of preparation, um, I mean, I got back to Tableau yesterday, Fiona is getting back tomorrow. And then, I mean, we're here well before school starts. So uh, we're just going to be training for these next two and a half weeks and heading up to New York together and we're super excited. I mean, it's crazy. That's almost end of August, early September and that we were playing, going to be playing in New York in two and a half weeks. But, you know, I think we're just kind of putting our heads down, going to train as best we can prepare the best we can and just go in there. Um, with that free mind and, uh, Just kind of go in there because we don't really have anything to lose and just play free and
0: have fun because, you know, what else can you do? Absolutely. And you guys are already at the top of your game in the collegiate realm. And so you have this opportunity, which nobody else has for the women's doubles. So you should be proud of that in Mm -hmm. and of itself. But it's going to be exciting, I assume, for sure, for you guys and your families. But what what will the time look like? Like, take me through when you get there. Stuff like that in preparation before your first matchup.
1: Yeah, so I guess the week that we play, we play either Wednesday or Thursday, we don't know yet until the draws come out, and so I just talked to Coach, actually, and I think Fiona's flying up because she is the ITA player of the year. Um, She's doing a super, I think, I want to say there's like a banquet or some event for that, so she's flying up Friday night before, and then um, Coach said I could fly up with him on Saturday, so I think that's what I'm going to do, and then I'll be there Sunday to Wednesday or Thursday or however we do and we'll be in the player hotel Uh, so hopefully I'll we'll see some or at least I think I will be and Fiona will be close by and so we'll see a cool people that we normally won't see on the daily basis and then I think just the days leading up we'll train once or twice a day I'm sure we'll explore the city I mean my family is going to be there and just kind of soak it all in while we're there and hopefully I get to go watch a day, which would be fun um, because I, I mean, it's awesome to play, but it's also awesome to watch people that you don't get to see every day.
0: Absolutely. And that's awesome to hear all the plans and what it's going to look like. But for you, you talked about it being in the player hotel, who would be like one of the athletes you would like love to see or meet up with?
1: Hmm, That's a good question. I mean, I think for me, any of like the top American women right now or guys, because I feel like that's just a cool, a lot especially anyone that played uh, at the collegiate level. I think that's really cool to like see that they went through the same thing that you did and are thriving. And I mean, obviously it would be really cool to see someone like Alcaraz or like a Djokovic, someone or just anyone who's been at the top of the game for a very long time. Um, but I, I've heard that they maybe don't stay at the player hotel because they are a little bit too big for that. And they probably do want their privacy, but I think any of the big names or any of the, the top Americans would be super cool. Cause it kind of just put things into pers- inst- puts things into perspective on how, I mean, I am obviously not in their shoes, but how maybe not far off. I think I am from that level. So. Yep.
0: That's super cool for sure. I'm going to be excited to watch and follow on your social medias to see who you might happen to link up with meet up with you will have to see, wait and see for that journey but you're still you still have half your collegiate career left you're only going into your junior year but can you talk about what some of your goals are for you personally in both the singles and doubles for this upcoming year yeah
1: I think for me I mean I have my you know tennis specific goals uh that I want to reach I think for me a lot of it is mental and just kind of staying focused for the entirety of a match. I mean, if anyone has looked at my record, I split sets quite a lot this year and I've played a lot of three set matches. So I think for me, it'd be, you know, really making sure I'm sticking to what I'm doing and sticking to what works so that I can play some shorter matches every now and then. And then um, overall, I mean, I would love to succeed and do really well in doubles and hopefully whether that's with Fiona or not, we never really know how the season goes. And then, Uh, For singles, I think individually, I would love to be a singles all American again, you know, um, hopefully do well in the fall, like I have in previous falls, but uh, I don't like to put a a whole lot of pressure on myself. So we'll just kind of see where it goes. But there's, I don't know, I think I'm still kind of Head is mostly on U.S. Open right
0: now. (laughs) As it should be. That's totally understandable. And I love the importance of you talking about like not trying to like put pressure on yourself because you shouldn't like you should be enjoying it. So I think what you're bringing bringing that up is so important and it'll be enjoyable to watch that. But definitely first off U.S. Open first. So (laughs) that'll be good. But speaking of women's tennis, obviously UNC, as you know, has the new courts for you that recently opened, but using that as like a opportunity to continue to grow women's tennis, how do you personally hope to see women's tennis grow both in the U.S. and worldwide? Yeah, I mean, I mean, even starting at our facility, when it opened up, we had
1: an incredible turnout. And I think, I mean, whether that was due to us doing um, mixers with uh, country clubs nearby, and we played at Chapel Hill Tennis Club while our facility was being built. And you know, grew a following from there, but I think making sure that I guess people are staying aware and I would love to see, I mean, I think tennis in general isn't as big as in the U.S. as it is in other countries, and I think it would be really cool to have people know more about it, not just like people in the big cities like Atlanta, Mm -hmm. and um, I mean, I think it's definitely grown a ton, and I think it's awesome how men's and women's tennis are, um, I mean, I don't know how equal like viewership is but I think it's cool how both it's like tennis it's not just like men's tennis like how it like might be in other sports and I think um just overall growing and making sure that it still evolves especially in the U.S. because I feel like we are missing that a little bit um compared to like Europe where tennis is like probably tennis and soccer are huge there so um I don't know specifically but I would just love to see it be a lot more talked about and I think um, a lot of the youth start to get into tennis more and make it more accessible because I know it's definitely not the most affordable sport for everyone.
0: And I think you bring up some great points there. So thank you for sharing. And you mentioned, you know, that it's not talked about as much if you're not like living in a bigger city. So for those listeners at home, what is one thing you would want to tell them about collegiate tennis or just tennis in general that they might not be aware of to try to get them more involved and more supportive of the sport
1: yeah um I feel like that's a tough question but I think for me I like tennis at any level I mean I don't I'm obviously biased but I think tennis at any level is a lot of fun and you know even just if you just stick to it you know obviously it's really hard when you get going and it's easier when you start young but I think if you really stick to it and uh focus on honing in your craft it can bring a lot of opportunity to you and be super a fun thing in your life, whether you want to play it super competitively or just play around with your friends, I think. um, And I think the best part about tennis is that there is no limit. There's no end to it. And so you can watch people put their bodies on the line and battle for hours and hours and hours with no end. And I think that's like part of the beauty of tennis and, part of why i think i like it so much as a player and i um i don't know i feel like a lot of people don't necessarily realize that but i think um it brings a lot of it's uh uncertainty and fun to even just watching tennis if they don't want to play and um go going to a big city definitely helps if you don't live in one of those areas where tennis is super popular
0: well thank you for sharing and i think it's great that you bring up the Tennis being the limitless aspect so that anybody can do it for any ages for however long they want. So that's great. And hopefully it's just going to continue to grow and at every single level too, both in the U.S. and worldwide as well. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Carson, what I do to finish off the podcast is what I call my favorite five questions. OK, so let's do this. Number one. What is one piece of advice you would give to the next generation? Hmm, I would say a
1: little cliche, but don't compare yourself to your peers because I have done that and it definitely was not the best. And I think, you know, everyone has their own path in life. Everyone, quote, peaks at different moments. Everyone has different things that are meant to be for them. So I think just focusing on yourself and being happy for those around you and you know,
0: just focusing on your own path because everyone has a different different journey in life. I think that's great advice. I can take it for myself too because that's something that's definitely hard to do, but not allowing that to take control is so important. So thank you for sharing that. Um, all right, give a shout out to someone who's made an impact on your life. Mm, I would say probably...
1: My coach at home, that's, I mentioned before, that's been, you know, my coach since I literally started tennis, he's just been such a good role model. He played on the tour and he always has the best advice. You would always say like, I'll tell you when to panic if I did poorly in a tournament or didn't play super well. And he always just had a be- the best outlook, kind of like that no pressure, um, everything will be fine. You know, you're right where you need to be kind of um, aspect. And I think that helps a lot, especially in a sport like tennis, where it's very up.
0: There's a lot of ups and downs. So, awesome! Great to hear about that, Coach. <laughs> All right. Well, if you could plan your ideal day and you had an off day, how would you want to spend it?
1: Recently, I mean, I love the lake. Um, personally, I do not have a lake house or a boat, but anytime I get to go to the lake, be on a boat, a jet ski, I think that would be super fun. So, I think anything on the water being in the sun in a bathing suit whether it's water sports jet ski hanging on the dock any of that I just think the lake is probably what something I would love to do on an off day that's my ideal off day
0: that sounds like a a fun one for sure very relaxing chill good one all right what sport would you play if you didn't play tennis definitely basketball I uh, played
1: it when I was I mean up until my junior year of high school and if I didn't uh probably pursue tennis as hard as I did in juniors, I probably, I think it probably would have been basketball. We're a big basketball family. So, and I, the team aspect of basketball is something that I like a lot, so.
0: Ooh, nice one. I like it. <laughs> All right, last, but certainly not least, you had a superpower that can make the world better. What would you want it to be and why?
1: Hmm, I would say... That is a great question I think probably that people could like this is like maybe specific but maybe just like everyone be a lot more open-minded and like the ability to like see like different sides whether it like in literally anything I feel like people could be just like more understanding than a lot more I don't know could happen in the world I mean maybe good maybe bad but I feel like um there's a lot of strong opinions out there, especially with social media. And I think if people were able to see multiple sides, I think it would
0: make the world a lot more enjoyable, maybe a happier place. I think that one's really cool. I haven't had that one before. So open-minded one, ooh, nice. All right. Well, Carson, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast and sharing about your tennis journey so far. I know you have so much more to add to your tennis journey, but I'm going to be looking forward to watching, following you and Fiona competing at the US Open soon and excited to stay in touch. Thanks so much for having me.